0: What A-level should I take? This is a question which feels very topical at this moment because I know a lot of year 11s are in the process of figuring out what to do next. So if you are a year 11 or are a supporter of one, this is an episode for you. What A-level should I take on the Dive Into Your Career podcast? Welcome. This is Dive Into Your Career. The podcast designed to help students like you take impactful steps towards your career goals. I'm Gina Visram, a qualified careers coach and consultant who is so proud to be your careers cheerleader. You are in the right place if you are a determined student or the proud supporter of one. Here you will embrace career development in a unique spirit of fun, not fear. Let's dive in. Hey, lovely. I am Gina Vistrom, a career coach and consultant from Your Career and Future, and you are listening to the Dive Into Your Career podcast. And today, we are talking about what A-levels you should take. However, Our first place to start and our first really important thing for you to recognise is that when it comes to your options at the post-16 landscape, so what that means is options that you might do beyond year 11, it doesn't have to be A-levels that you're doing, even if you're wanting to continue in academia. So that is the first point and that that is the most important one, which is that A-levels Here in the UK are, of course, a very popular option, but you could also go down the road of doing an apprenticeship, potentially at level three or level four, but really exploring apprenticeships is a big thing within itself, but do recognise that is an option for you. Alternatively, you might be doing BTECs. Or you could be doing T-Levels. This is a new qualification which has been introduced in the UK. Very new within the last couple of years, and it tends to be some colleges that offer them. So, again, if you want to do something which is more vocational and involves a work kind of employment component to it, then T-Levels are an option for you. Do look that up. Of course, there is IB, the International Baccalaureate, Or if you were in Scotland, you would be likely doing hires anyway, as opposed to A-levels. So that was really the first place to start, is that the question here is what A-levels should I take? But in answering that, it's essential that you recognise that A-levels are not your only option. There are definite other qualifications and or routes to be considering. Okay. So let's talk about A-levels now. That is the focus of this particular episode. If you've decided that you're going the A-levels route, there are a few things for you to consider when you are thinking about what you might want to do in the future. But in case I forget to say this before the end of this episode, I want to really emphasise something. I would like to emphasise that this is a really, really good time to start getting familiar with what universities need when it comes to what qualifications you have to go in to do the degrees that you may be considering. So there's a lot there. Again, at post-18, when you're finished with your A-levels, it's not that you have to go on to do a degree, but it is a popular choice. So if you are considering going to university, whether it's here in the UK, and that way you will be applying through UCAS, and I say here in the UK, I'm very aware that there are people that listen to this podcast from all over the world. So, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So, if you are somebody or if you are supporting someone who is considering going to university in the UK, they will be applying through UCAS. And it's really important to be looking at universities' own websites about their. The, the grades that they need to get into the particular courses that you're looking for. So looking at this stage is a really, really good idea, because of course, what happens if you wait until you're already on your A-level journey, you wait until the end of year 12 or the beginning of year 13 when you're applying, if you look at that time, then there is a chance that maybe you haven't taken the subjects required to get into the courses that you're most interested in and that would be a real shame it isn't insurmountable of course we can get past all of these things but it would be a real shame so at this stage when you are in the process of making decisions with your current school or sixth form or a college that you're considering This is an excellent time to look up what universities may be wanting, whether or not you decide to apply to said university in the end, at least you know what A-levels you need to be able to go onto their program, right? So better to discover that now than later. So that's one key bit of advice. Make sure you look at different universities, look at courses that you're considering, and You know, before jumping onto the university websites, remember that your school might have access to some of the programs out there that are brilliant with helping you on this journey. So that might include programs like Unifrog, which is great. It's certainly a program that our school uses where where I work and I know it's very popular at schools in the UK and around the world. So do check out and see whether your school uses Unifrog. There's another one that I've used over the years at my previous school called Higher Ideas. Now, I don't know if it's as prolific as Unifrog, but I thought it was a brilliant search that it had. And also, for a school, it was accessible at a really decent rate. So I know not all careers budgets within schools are created equal, but Higher Ideas from CareerSoft is one that felt really accessible price wise as well so again have a look at which of these programs your school or college might have uh, to help you make some of these decisions and of course more likely your school because i'm thinking about you at the year 10 stage if you're really starting to think about this nice and early or or of course at year 11 which means that you're making these decisions Now, if you're listening to this podcast in real time when it has been published. So checking university websites, of course, and maybe even before that, if you have access to Unifrog or higher ideas or similar programs to that, then it's really lovely ways for you to get to explore what some of your options are before then going on to the university websites themselves. All right, so let's now actually talk about the A-levels. What are the A-levels that you should be taking? One of the things to bear in mind is how many A-levels are you going to do? Now, if you are going to university in England or Scotland or Wales, really three A-levels is enough to get into most programs. Now, you will come across people that do more, and you might have the opportunity to do more, right? So that's one of the things for you to consider. Whether you do three A-levels, or for example, you might do an AS in addition. There aren't many ASs anymore, and I always lament for the time where there was the option of doing ASs. But those might exist in pockets, so that could be an option for you. Also, as I said, you could do four A-levels, which is a really heavy load. Uh, So bear that in mind, but that is certainly an option for you. Another option, which I think is a great one, which some schools may have, is you might be able to do your three A-levels, but then also an EPQ. So, Gina, what is an EPQ? (laughs) Well, an EPQ is an extended project qualification. And what that is, according to the AQA website, is it's a standalone A-level qualification designed to extend and develop student abilities beyond the A-level syllabus. What that means, and you're probably getting this vibe, is it is some independent study. It is doing something beyond what your three A-levels specifically offer within their syllabus. And what that means is that you get to be a critical, reflective and independent thinker. It involves decision making and problem solving. You learn to apply different techniques and you can really demonstrate creativity in terms of how you present your project because it doesn't have to exclusively be an essay. Now, even an essay in EPQ land is interesting because, of course, you have creatively come up with your own topic, with your own area of interest. But I have also seen really creative ways of delivering a final EPQ project, and that's included a play. I saw a play written. I saw a beautiful piece of fashion And so, yeah, really quite different to the standard way that we do A-levels. So if you are somebody who thinks I would love to do something beyond my three A-levels, I don't think I want to do a fourth A-level. What are some of my options? If your school offers the extended project qualification, then that could be a really cool one to do. And what I would also argue is that it's one of the things that can really help to set you up for further study if you are going to go the university route because you're being really independent, you're managing your own time, you are writing an essay in a different sort of way to how you might be doing in your taught A-levels. So yeah, loads of advantages of the EPQ. And in fact, it is worth half an A-level so you can get uh, 28 points. Uh, as a result of doing an EPQ. So that's to do with the numbers then, right? And hopefully that's been really clear that generally speaking, and it might be a little bit different in Ireland, so if you're in Ireland, please do look up what is necessary for you. But generally speaking, three A-levels, absolutely fine. And in some schools, you'll have the option of doing four or maybe doing an EPQ or an AS or maybe they have other qualifications within your school. So do have a look at what the options are. And of course, if you are looking at colleges and you're looking to go somewhere else to where you currently are at the post-16 stage, then these are all things that you should be asking. Hopefully they've told you in any open days that you're going along to, but sometimes you might miss that and you might be looking it up and you might need to contact admissions people separately. These are the sorts of questions that you should be Asking, It's gonna help you make these important decisions. Now let's get into the specifics of what A-levels to choose. So you can see there are so many layers to this question, what A-levels should I take? Everything that we've been talking about so far has been entirely relevant and it's only now that we're getting to the point of thinking, well, what are the actual A-levels should, what A-levels should I take? Now, here's the thing you have some real flexibility here and you can take a range of a levels and then go into a range of careers and a range of university courses and a range of apprenticeships so it is rare that you need to take specific a levels to go on to do things because certainly within the uk things are nice and flexible in terms of recognizing the transferable skills across science subjects, math, STEM, humanities subjects, and beyond. However, there are a few career areas of interest where if you are interested in going into those careers, it makes sense to do specific subjects at A-level because those are going to open up the university degrees and potentially the degree apprenticeships or whatever it might be that you are considering. It's very few careers that need something specific, though, so make sure you make a note of these. Medicine. For medicine, if you are doing A-levels, you will need to do chemistry and biology. One of the most popular combinations for people going into medicine is chemistry, biology, and maths. I think it's up to 80% of people that might take that combination, but it's not that you must take that combination. So, dependent on what your school advises, you could do chemistry, biology, and another subject. It could be English literature, it could be religious studies, of course, that relates to ethics, and that could be quite interesting in terms of writing your personal statement and doing something a little bit different. So, your school will give you different sorts of advice, schools will have preferences, as will colleges, about what you might need to do if you're going into medicine, and chemistry and biology are the musts. Do feel free to also double check. There's a brilliant organisation called Medic Mentor that I have been shouting about from the rooftops for years since I came across them maybe six or seven years ago. And yeah, so I really encourage you to have a look at Medic Mentor if you are somebody who is interested in medicine. They will be a great organisation to connect with at this point and be useful in helping you make some of those right decisions as well along the way. Now, engineering is another area where you need to do specific subjects. Physics and maths tend to be the subjects that you need to do. Maths is the absolute definite. Physics, it makes huge amounts of sense to do physics as well. Now, because engineering is one of those areas which needs more people to go into it, and sometimes those people haven't necessarily taken physics, there are a few unis where you might be able to get into engineering without it, but it's it really opens up the doors if you are doing physics. So maths and physics are A-levels that you will want to take if you are interested in doing engineering. Architecture. Architecture is another area where you need to take specific subjects at A-level. Maths is one that you absolutely need to take. You will not be able to access most courses purely with arts and humanities subjects, but alongside the maths, it's great if you can be doing something like art or design and technology. Those are subjects which really set you up to be able to apply for architecture apprenticeships or degree courses, and of course it means that you will most likely have a portfolio, which is something that you will need to be able to show as part of the selection process. So if you're interested in architecture, maths, and either art or design and technology would be a really great place to start when it comes to choosing your subjects. Another one to mention is computing. Now, this is an interesting one because you definitely don't need a computer science degree to go into tech or even to go into software development or anything like that. You do not need a computer science degree. However, if you are interested in doing a computer science degree, Maths is a subject that would be worth you taking at A-level. You don't even need to do computing. But of course, if this is an area of interest and your school or college offers it, then it's a really lovely subject for you to be able to take as well. But maths is the A-level that will really be key if you want to do computer science. But as I said, do remember that for people who want to go into this area, there are a range of ways that you can build up those tech skills, including boot camps, including lots of other things. So there are options. And really, that is probably the note upon which I want to end this episode, which is that you remember that there are options, even if you haven't picked the right subjects, even if you... um you know you you've listened to this a little bit too late and you're already an A level student and you feel like you haven't done the right things there are always ways to to pivot so please don't ever feel stuck but hopefully this episode is useful if you are listening to it at the time when you are making these choices and you can feel really assured and if i haven't chosen your area of interest if i haven't chosen You know, if I haven't talked about music or journalism or scientific research or anything like that, it's typically because there aren't very specific things that you need to do. But as I said, do have a look at university websites and see what it is that they say that they need. And that's going to help you feel assured about the decisions that you're making now. Likewise, if you want to take it a step beyond, you're more than welcome to have a look at job descriptions and have a look at what is needed at entry level stage. Right. Um, And that is what you would need to be doing if you were going to go for an apprenticeship, for example. So really have a look at that stage just beyond where you are now, where you're looking at universities and their websites you're looking at potentially at at job descriptions and you're seeing what it is that they say that they want and that really helps you to feel confident about the decisions that you're making in this moment. One of the other things to mention and I'm glad I've remembered before I stop this recording is that sometimes you might think for something like law you need to do really specific subjects and you might think that you need to do A-level law. You absolutely do not. So if you're interested in doing law, firstly, you don't even need to do a law degree to go into law, right? So isn't that an important thing to remember, is that you can do any degree that you choose and then do a conversion course and then go down the law route as a career. So unless you really love the idea of studying the ins and outs of law for three plus years, then you don't have to do a law degree, but if you do want to do a law degree, which again is understandably a very popular and competitive degree to do, then it's really seeing your humanities, that you can be studying history or English or anything which involves reading and processing and critical thinking. And as with all of these things, things that you're doing beyond your academics are really important as well. So if you're interested in doing law, then it's a brilliant idea to get involved in debating and model United Nations and anything which involves taking in information, processing it, presenting, arguing, all of those sorts of things. So lots of considerations here for you, lovely, but I really hope it helps. I hope that if you are asking, what A-level should I take, that by us spending 20 minutes together today i hope you feel really assured about how to make those decisions what i will say to you though is that if you're thinking oh this sounds like hard work like do i really need to go onto uni websites and all of that what i want to to say to you now is you are reaching a stage on your journey where it's so important to be more independent be more focused be more motivated do things beyond the classroom, and that involves your own research, because you are going down a road now where you need to be making so many decisions, and you're applying for so many things in the next few years, so it is important to be making the effort to be going beyond the minimum that might be expected of you, right? So this is a time to really be like, okay, I'm here, I'm, you know, 14, 15, 16. And this is the beginning of some really important decisions that I need to make. Let me own it. Because if I don't take the time and I'm not motivated enough, then it means that other people are going to be making decisions for me. And there's only so long that that can happen. Because in just a couple of years, when you're on the edge of year 13, and you're needing to decide on next steps there, like you get to a point where parents can't be the ones to make the decisions for you. Teachers who are really supportive of you and careers leads and all the people in your life, your support squad, they can't be doing things for you. You need to be doing things for yourself. So if you're not yet at the point, and when I say, let me just clarify, when I say doing things for yourself, I do mean in collaboration with these supporters and these people who love you and really care about what it is that you're doing. So... Please don't try and do things with the minimum amount of effort. Yes, you can do things smart. It doesn't have to be stressful. But engagement in what it is that you're doing now and what comes next is a really, really good idea. So as I said, I really hope that this helps. I am Gina Vistrom. You are listening to the Dive Into Your Career podcast. I will also link to an episode that I did recently about choosing a sixth form which didn't actually talk about A-levels and choosing subjects, so it goes quite nicely hand-in-hand hand with this episode. And if you have any ideas about what you would like to hear about, please do get in touch with me on gina at yourcareerandfuture.com, or if you're on LinkedIn, just drop me a message. And if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for? You do not want to miss further episodes that are coming out and are designed to help support you on this journey from education to employment and entrepreneurship and more, and doing it in a spirit of fun and optimism, not fear and overwhelm. Okay, lovely. That's it for today. Take care of yourself. Look forward to catching up with you soon on another episode of the podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening today. To keep up to date with Dive Into Your Career, leave your details on bit.ly forward slash dive into the list. See you soon.